Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 98. It is Wednesday, October 24th. Joining with me, as always, by my co-host, Zach Henson. Zach, how are you? Doing well. Zach, episode 98, all these 98s, these are all related to the year 1998 and the state of Tennessee, probably the best year for sports in Tennessee, I would say, ever. Uh, When I say the phrase feels like 98, Zach, what does that mean to you? UT. Yeah, UT. Everyone's been saying this ever since 99. But yeah, 1998 feels like 98. That is in reference to the 13-0 season that led to the Vols 1999 BCS National Championship win over Florida State in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, the Vols beat Bama that season, Zach, 35-18 to 18 at Neyland, which just that just seems like it was a millennium ago uh, based on recent history. Uh, yes. Zach, who was Tennessee's quarterback in that 1998 team? Uh, T. Martin. Yeah, I thought for some reason I was going to like trick you and you were going to say Peyton Manning, but yeah, it was T. Martin. Yeah, but, I, I always remember. It was, it's always weird to think that T. Martin had that, uh, that big year with him. Yeah, it's kind of like when someone loosens the jar of pickles and then someone, you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. All right. Um, Zach, here are some names from that 1999 BCS National Championship game. Peerless Price, who played with the Falcons for a couple of seasons and was pretty good in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, Peter Warwick, can't remember who he played for. Uh, really good for Florida State. And then Sebastian Janikowski was Florida State's kicker. Uh, and he is still playing in the NFL, which is just amazing. Yeah. Another 98 that year. This was the year that the Nashville Predators became a hockey team. So uh, they played their first game on October 10th, 1998, pretty much exactly 20 years ago in about two weeks from today. So uh, the Preds moved here in 98. Zach, I know you're a huge hockey fan. Not really. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that long ago. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the, you know, the Preds and stuff like that. I just don't get to watch that often. Right. Yeah, so 98, a big year for the professional hockey team in Nashville, and then the professional football team. We talked last week about the Tennessee Oilers when they first moved to Memphis. 1998 was the first year that they played actually in the city of Nashville. They played at Vanderbilt, and they're still the Tennessee Oilers. Surprise, surprise, Jeff Fisher went 8-8 eight and eight that year. Yeah. <laughs> he was always 8-8, eight and eight, but that was the last season before they moved to where they play now, which was known as Adelphia Coliseum. So, a lot of a lot of ninety eights that year, and especially uh, in the state of Tennessee. So, um, you know, we'll get back to actually having a player, I'm sure, with ninety nine, and we're getting close to one hundred, which means we're done with these, which I know will make Jake happy. <laughs> it's all about making Jake happy, right? I mean, for you, right? Yeah. All right, Zach. What was the best part of your week? Uh, best part of the week. Um. We we did an engagement session on Sunday, and uh, that was that was fun. That was good getting getting to see you and uh, Brandy. So, um, I'd say that's the best part of the week. That was good. Yeah, you stole mine. That was gonna be mine as well. Uh, and yeah, not just to not just to kiss up to you. I legitimately had fun. Yeah, that was good. Pictures to come. Uh, yeah, we need everybody to like it. That's in the league. So uh, just keep your eye out. Right, yeah, we need some likes. I, uh, I don't know. I that was the, I was telling you and Sarah that was the first time I'd ever had like my photos professionally taken. So it was uh, I didn't really know what to expect. And dude, I'm not just saying this. I, I think I told you on Sunday, but like, you know, you're obviously you know you're good. Whatever. I knew you'd, you'd be good. Sarah's really good. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty chill, you know, with us. Um, Cause that's a very, that can be a very awkward situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I feel like it's still going to be awkward no matter what, but we just try to make it as laid back as possible. So. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, trade deadline is like still a week away in the NFL, but there were a few trades this week, uh, some notable trades, I would say, and I kind of called my shot on this two weeks ago. When you were out, I predicted to Matt that Amari Cooper would be traded away from the Raiders. I may have said that it, it could happen to the Titans, but Amari Cooper was traded. The Raiders trade him to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2019 first-round pick. Zach, what did you make when you saw that uh, Amari Cooper was traded? Yeah, I remember you saying saying that like maybe that was your bullet prediction or something but um yeah i mean there have been talk about it and it was just kind of crazy to see it happen so quickly and all these trades that happened uh, this past week but uh, raiders are going to have some draft picks it'll be interesting to see what they do you must have loved seeing all these trades of the nfl because you're a big trade guy oh yeah i think it's you know it's always fun it's, it's just always fun when there's a trade deadline and um you know baseball basketball football whatever it may be and for there, there to actually be trades at the last minute is, is always fun to me. Yeah, I mean, it's fun in the NFL in a way that it's not fun in fantasy football because what the Raiders are doing is exactly what you don't want to see in fantasy football. The Raiders are in full-on tank mode. And so if this happened in fantasy, like everyone around the league would not be a fan of it um, in, in fantasy football. But in the NFL, it's like, who cares? So the Raiders in full tank mode. Apparently, Amari Cooper had some – not off the field issues, but he was out of shape and wasn't exactly happy in Oakland. Like a lot of people aren't. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious to see what'll happen with, with, uh, with the Cowboys, with their new wide receiver core. Yeah. Um, he was traded during Dallas's bye week. So he'll be ripe and ready just in time for the Monday night football game with the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Zach, do you think I regret dropping Martavis Bryant? I, I don't know, do you? I don't. But I could see, because I saw you and Brian scooped him up right away. There was a there was a thought of picking him up, and I've just I've been on that train too many times. Are you just trying to downplay this right now? Is this like the way you're coping with this? No, I think it's dead. I think I think my relationship with Martavis Bryant is over. Okay. Sadly. Uh, another trade, pretty notable trade. This one actually happened before the Amari Cooper trade. But the Cleveland Browns trade running back Carlos Hyde to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2019 fifth-round pick. Um, this just this is the opposite of what the Raiders are doing. The Jags are in win-now mode. They're doing everything they can to uh, to you know inch them closer to the Lombardi Trophy. So this was one of those moves. I was a little surprised by this one. It made a lot of sense for the Browns. I would say uh, just they've seen a lot out of Nick Chubb. So they might as well get a, a pick out of out of Hyde. It was surprising that they spent all that money for him in free agency, and now you know seven weeks into the season they trade him. Uh, but was this a shocking move, Zach? Would you say? Yeah, I thought Fournette was done for the year, and all, <laughs> all I could think about was Chase riding on his uh, draft card, apologizing for taking Leonard Fournette. So right. Um, uh, I thought I thought that they were going to announce that Leonard Fournette was done for the year, and then I was going to take a picture of Chase's draft card and post it on the Facebook group. But I mean, it's not like Fournette's really done that well, anyways. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because Fournette has played in like two games this season. T.J. Yeldon's played well when he's gotten the chance, but it looks like they're rolling with Carlos Hyde and Yeldon in the meantime, while Fournette's still on the mend, I guess. Yep. 
Um, but the next year, the, the New York Giants, another team in tank mode, obviously, they make two trades within the last two days. On, uh, on Monday, I guess it was, the New York Giants trade cornerback Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints for a 2019 fourth round and 2019 seventh round pick. Um, but, you know, the story of this, everyone's talking that the headline is the Giants traded the wrong Eli. So everyone was expecting Eli Manning to get traded, and instead it's Eli Apple. Yeah, I, th- I knew that there were some issues or something with Eli Apple in the, the locker room or something last season. So it doesn't really surprise me that they moved on from him. I will say this, the Giants traded the wrong Eli, but I will say that Pacing Your Face did trade Eli. I traded Eli Manning to Matt Suggs. Oh. And then Matt Suggs swiftly dropped him. Yeah, so what's the story behind that? There's no, there's no story. It's just it was peanuts for peanuts. Okay. Uh, and then they made another trade the Giants did. They trade uh, defensive tackle Damon Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions for a 2019 fifth-round pick. Not exactly fantasy football relevant, but the Lions, I think they are like the Jags right now. They're kind of thinking that they're still in it, and the Giants definitely feel like they're out of it. So uh, two trades for the New York Giants, who appear to be the H&F of um, the NFL right now. The Giants? Just in terms of making trades, not that you guys are tanking or anything. Yeah, yeah. The the Giants are are definitely – waving the white, flag, the white flag with all these trades, that's for sure. Yeah, they're done. Uh, injuries, people who may be done. Actually, people who are definitely done. Uh, these players were sent to IR. Zach, I don't know if you can cue up the Sarah McLaughlin music, but these players were added to injured reserve this week. Marshawn Lynch of IDPs still suck. A groin injury. Again, the uh, Raiders who are tanking, they put Marshawn Lynch on IR. Bilal Powell, a running back for Isaiah 4031, has a neck injury also sent to IR, and I feel like – I didn't predict this, but I do remember when we were talking about the matchup last week of H&F and Jordan, I said two words, Bilal Powell, he's terrible. I don't know why Jordan was starting him as long as he did, but he's done for the season. And then Albert Wilson of Your Worst Nightmare, receiver for the Dolphins, a hip injury puts him on IR. So uh, RIP to those guys. It's quite the list right there. You know, those are three contributors in the fantasy uh, the fantasy world, so it's I don't know. I, Marshawn Lynch, I was really surprised about. Yeah, all in one week, too. And then these next injuries here, you know, these guys aren't on IR, but pretty significant injuries to these next guys who could miss some time. Uh, Sony Michelle of Kemp's crew, an MCL, uh, I guess that would be a, is it a sprain? Uh, he's, it could have been a lot worse, basically. They carted him off the field last week, and now they're saying he could only miss like one to two weeks. So that one could be a lot worse. And then on the Patriots as well is Gronk, who missed last week with a back uh, for IDP still suck. And it looks like he's going to be back this week. I see what you did there with the back, and then he's back. I actually – that's you just pointed that out to me. I didn't even okay. try on that one. Yeah, I was – you know, it's, this is the second time this year that somebody's been carted off, and then they're okay. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers and now Sonny Michelle. So oh, right. It's usually carted off. You're done, you know. So. And Aaron Rodgers was carted off, and he came back in that same game. I know. Yeah. It's just, it was Bizarre. crazy. Yeah. Uh, next one here, Peyton Barber running back for Greg Coe of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. An ankle injury is going to sideline him for a little bit. We don't really know the extent of the injury. And it was kind of interesting. Sunday after the game, the reporters in Tampa Bay asked head coach Dirk Cutter what, uh, what was the injury status of Peyton Barber. And he basically said, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll release an injury report Wednesday. So usually when you hear that, it's not good. Yep. 
Um, and yesterday they said that that much uh, ankle injury could put him out. So we'll see what they end up doing with that backfield. I think that you don't really want any part of, of Tampa Bay's uh, backfield right now in fantasy. Same way you don't really want anything to do with, uh, with Seattle's. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. And then, Zach, I don't even want to mention this one because it's like beating a dead horse. And this dead horse has a hamstring injury. And that dead horse's name is Dalvin Cook. Um, so any comment, Zach? There's, there's nothing to say about Dalvin Cook. Yeah, didn't practice Wednesday. He's expected to be out. This is a report from ESPN Viking reporter Courtney uh, Cronin, who said that you know Cook's expected to be out at least through Minnesota's Week Ten bye. So uh, you guys could get him back Week Eleven. Woo! There's a little that, optimism. Yeah, that's that was worth it. Let's let's ship off Saquon for that. Hey, let's ship off and let's talk about do a trip around CMB and let's do a Week Seven recap. Zach, do you have the all-pro team ready for us? I do. Your top quarterback was Patrick Mahomes, 40.40 uh, 40 points. Your top wide receiver was Emmanuel Sanders, 28.60, and Odell Beckham Jr. with 28.20. Uh, your top running back, Pace, any idea? It was Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, 37.10, followed by uh, Marlon Mack, 31.90. Your top tight end was Trey Burton, 27.60. And your flex position – can you imagine just okay? I guess I'll put him in my flex position. Was Todd Gurley thirty point sixty points? Um, your top kicker was uh, Prater, and then the but what's this guy's name for uh, Atlanta? The fill-in guy. You have any idea? Oh, uh, Trevecchio. Trevecchio, sixteen points. They both tied. Yep. Your top DST was Denver, thirty-eight points, um, and then your top IDPs. Number one was Aaron Donald with 33.75 points. And he is uh, – I just want to read off what he had because this guy's not like a, a linebacker or anything, you know, defensive tackle here. Nine tackles, six of them for a loss, four sacks, one forced fumble, and he also recovered it. Wait, who, whose team does he belong to? He's a free agent right now. Do you remember that time he told Ross and Reed to get him out of their lineup and drop him, and they did? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's done nothing. He's done nothing. I mean, he just blew up right there. Well, just I, I like that. It was, it's good for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good content. And then Corey Littleton, 30.50. And uh, Todd Davis, 24.50. Your top DBs, um, Williams, 19 points. And then Mike Mitchell, 18.75. Bringing her total to 404.90. That's a big week. And, Zach, I, I put this note down uh, after Thursday night, 38 points you guys got for Denver's defense and special teams. I mean, when you saw that after Thursday night's game, did you just did you know that the game was locked up? You guys had already won? Well, we don't have Denver. It was Chase who has Denver, and he played against Craig. I thought you had Denver for some reason. No, no, no. no. That's, that's Chase. Did Chase win? Uh, yeah, he did win. So. Okay. Wow. Well, that was great. Um, look at the standings. I mean, this was a big week, and I think we saw a lot of blowouts from this past week. I know you guys blew out uh, Jordan. Zach, what are the standings right now? What are some surprises Some surprises that you see looking at the top and the bottom there? Yeah, um, at the bottom still Almond Brothers, although I think they're getting healthy and, and they'll eventually win some games here and get out of that spot. Um, but, I mean, there's – at the top, you got Jake still followed by Tecmo, East Coast Wombats, uh, lost the Wombat Bowl, Strong Side <laughs> at four, West Coast at five, Dragon Energy six, 
big orange bullies at seven and then we're at eight. Zach, is it too early for a ice, uh, ice bucket prediction? No, go for it. He got, no, I'm just saying like, do you have somebody like, is now all the time to start making predictions on who is going to win? Or is it too early to say? Uh, I still think it's way too early to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, you know, I think the last three weeks, Almond Brothers, and they're in last place. It's, you know, some people might say it's Almond Brothers. No, I just don't think it is. I don't. Well, I will say this. The bottom two teams right now, Almond Brothers and Jordan I want is in the same update from last week. They still have not spent any fab dollars. I know, yeah. Them and then Ryan Risher, Dragon Energy. Right. The only three teams. It's just crazy. Here's another thing too, Zach. The most, who do you think has the most moves? You know, you look at the column and the standings and it has moves in terms of trades and drops and ads. Oh, that's you, us, yeah. It's, it's H&F with 63. You guys are 22 moves higher than the next highest team, Kemp's crew at 31. Yeah, we make a lot of moves. It's insane. Yeah. I just thought that was worth noting. Yeah. Um, I want to recap too, Zach, because I don't know if we've done this as much. Maybe this is a way to keep us accountable uh, for the things we say on this podcast, but I went back and listened to last week's episode and we made some locks and some bold predictions in week seven. So I figured we'd talk about them. And Zach, I mentioned this during our engagement session on Sunday and I told you that you were so close, man. You said you predicted your bold prediction was two touchdowns for Mike Williams receiver for the chargers. He had a 55 yard touchdown, I think in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter in the red zone, actually at the goal line, Philip Rivers drops back and he throws the ball in the end zone and Mike Williams pretty much has it in his hands and Logan Ryan stripped it out last second. So you were so close to getting that bull prediction locked down. Man. Almost my, mine was that Julio Jones would get his first touchdown of the season. And of course it took a big L there. Uh, he did not get a touchdown. He pretty much, I think he had like eight catches in the game. He was so close, uh, but still could not score on Monday night football against the giants. And then my lock of the week was Dragon Energy. I was convinced that Rish was going to beat Kevin. And then your worst nightmare comes out and wins 193 to 169. Uh, big week, big win for Kevin, and a big loss for me for picking Rish. Mm, Do, who did you lock up last week, Zach? Do you remember? I don't know if I did lock up anybody. I don't. I don't think you did. I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, so we will have some picks this week, um, but before we do that, let's also. Uh, preview week eight before we make our picks and let's do a little fab recap um zach the first player that came to mind here this was Cortland sutton awarded to you guys to h&f for 11 dollars. the next highest bid was big orange bullies with four bucks and i feel like Cortland sutton's been on your roster once already right yeah he's been on there a couple times um i just you know we like Cortland sutton and the the rumors of demarius getting traded you know Right. Um, we we just thought it was worth it to give it a shot, ride it this week, and see if he um, does get traded. And if he does, I, I think Sutton's a great talent. But if he doesn't, he'll be, uh, be dropped back off uh, at the waiver wire. Next one here, Kenyon Barber, the running back for the New England Patriots, who is supposed to take some time or supposed to take some carries in the backfield for the Patriots with Sonny Michelle uh, resting on that M- MCL injury. He goes for $12 to, to Big Orange Bullies. Uh, next highest bid was Kemp's crew with 11 bucks, so really close there. And then I bid $8. Uh, the next one, another running back. Another running back in the AFC East and another running back awarded to Big Orange Bullies. Chase really swinging the fences for running backs. He goes $8 for Chris Ivory. 
Next highest bid though was Kemp's crew at two bucks. And then we talked about Jordan Iwanis and not spending any money yet. Jordan, you got to spend money. He, he bid on him for zero bucks for Chris Ivory. You know, if you want, if you want these guys, you got to pay money for them. Yeah, you, it definitely, especially with running backs. Um, right. And somebody getting a start potentially this week. Yep. You're going to have to, you're going to have to at least put a dollar out there, you know, so. Next one here with some bids. This was Ardarius Taylor, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker, goes to H&F for 5 bucks, And then the next highest bid was Kemp's crew for $4. So, Zach, you guys actually play Kemp's crew this week, and you decided to uh, just to get a quick W before the actual game start. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, with Quan Alexander going out, just trying to shot in the dark, hoping you get the guy that's going to get some tackles. But who knows? Next one's here. These are the non-competes. These are players that were awarded, but no one else bid. Dante Moncrief goes to Kemp's crew for $2. Chris Hogan goes to Big Orange Bullies for 6 bucks, And then Danny Trevathan to Tecmo for $7. So uh, $7 on that IDP for Tecmo with no other bids. Um, but those were all the fabs from this week. Zach, we had two trades in our league. And the first one that I mentioned earlier, Strongside traded Case Keenum to Pace in Your Face for Eli Manning. That was peanuts for peanuts. I mean, there was just no... Is that, I mean, really a trade? Yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> what? Can you tell me how this went down, like with, with Suggs? I mean, are y'all so, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't mind to pull the curtain back a little bit. I've been trying for a while to trade for Mitchell Trubisky, who is a top five fantasy quarterback right now. But Suggs is not... Uh, trading him i've tried and he said he just he wants insurance for a backup quarterback he's never going to start uh trubisky i mean he's he has aaron Rodgers, so i thought maybe i could pry in and, and get a better quarterback and he just he didn't want it and then he said hey if you want keenan you can have him so okay question if Suggs, okay if john nichols had not come to college side and this this little uh, partnership that they have rekindling the BFF flame over there uh, between Suggs and John had not happened. Do you think that you would have gotten Trubisky from Suggs? Uh, well, I mean, you could make the case. So I sent the trade to Matt and he did not reject. I will say that. And then, he, and then he said, let me talk to John, obviously his co-manager, like you, you should do, you should talk to your co-manager. And then the trade, the trade got nixed. Yeah. Wow. I, Maybe it was John. Maybe John feels threatened by your friendship with Suggs, and this is just going a lot deeper than we all thought. Maybe John thinks I have some knowledge about uh, Aaron Rodgers and some kind of off-the-field injury, and he, you know what I'm saying, the mind game, right? Like, hey, why does he want our backup quarterback so badly? Yeah. What does, I, he, what, what does he know that we don't know? Yeah, John, um, I sent a text to Suggs asking what they would you know, trade for if Buda Baker was an option. And I forgot what Suggs said. So I'm like, no, you can't remember. But then all of a sudden, I get a screenshot from John Nichols, and all it is is of uh, Buddha Baker talking about how he was one of the best, like second round draft picks or something like that. Which I quickly photoshopped and uh, trashed John and, and threw his face over Buddha Baker and saying that John Nichols was the worst and blah 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 and all this stuff. So I like it. This may be a yeah. new rivalry. I, I might need to put that on Facebook. Some good Photoshop work I did. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? So the next trade here, Zach, this was Isaiah 4031. Traded Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston to H&F for Emmanuel Sanders, Ronald Jones second. I don't know why they didn't just call him junior, but uh, Ronald Jones the second and Phillip Rivers. Zach, this one, when was this trade? Was this before or after the weekend? I can't remember. Um, right after the, it was yesterday. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So right after, um, you mentioned earlier, you guys had already, you guys had signed Cortland Sutton cause you liked, uh, having, I guess he's the third receiver in Denver and then you trade away Emmanuel Sanders. So, um, you guys have a member of Denver's receiving core, but you trade for Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston. I personally, man, I, I can't, you know, hate you guys for doing this, but I just don't understand, uh, Jordan's reasoning behind this one. Um, and, it's only because I think he had a really good thing going with Michael Thomas and arguably I think Jameis Winston, you could say is the better backup quarterback situation. Uh, Cause you guys aren't really going to start Jameis and Jordan's not really going to play rivers. So to me, it just felt like this was a Thomas for Sanders and Jones kind of trade. Like the quarterbacks really were kind of yeah irrelevant. Honestly, we, I don't know if we would have even made this trade had we not had a backup quarterback. Um, and so Rivers was on a bye, and we were uh, looking at the wire, and then we knew that he had Winston, and we thought maybe we could just swap, you know, because he's not going to – you know, we're more than happy. R- Rivers has been fantastic for us uh, right. where we got him. We, we That was great. Um, and then Brian had the idea to possibly see if we could get Michael Thomas, who hasn't had really the best games as of late, and uh, Sanders has been fantastic. And um, – so, anyways, what's your opinion on this? Because last time you said it was even, and that turned out to be one of the worst trades ever. So, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, I just don't I don't understand the upside for Jordan. I really don't. I mean, the only upside I can think of is, and this was before the Peyton Barber news really was, was it seems now that Ronald Jones is going to be the, the starting running back for Tampa Bay. So, maybe that, that's some upside yeah. for Jordan. Yeah. Um, but, I mean – you look at who Emmanuel Sanders has thrown the ball to him, Case Keenum, a guy that they thought would be benched here soon anyway. Um, and Chad Kelly was going to take over as quarterback. Uh, not anymore after the arrest we saw yesterday, but um, I, you know, Michael Thomas is a number one receiver. You can't really say the same for Emmanuel Sanders right now. I know he's been hot the last couple of weeks, but uh, when I look at a trade like this, it's who, who got the best player in the trade. And I think Jordan gave away the best player in this trade. So, uh, I would have to give this one to to you guys. Um, so what does and, this mean for us for the future? Is this trade going to work out well? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you, you guys, I don't think you guys gave up that much. Uh, you I'm guys afraid ha- of you if you think it's even after the last debacle. So. I don't think I don't think you guys gave up. The only thing that you could you could say, oh crap, we gave up Ronald Jones and now he's you know a rookie of the year candidate kind of running back. Well, I mean, Sanders Which, Sanders is the number four wide receiver in our league. Sure, sure, yeah, and so is – I mean, you guys have Adam Thielen, who's number one right now, so I don't think you guys needed a ton of help at receiver, but that's – I don't know. I think you could make the case that you guys got uh, the better end of this deal with at receiver. Listen, and, if you want – if you are wanting um, Michael Thomas, he's available. Just you talking to me or just in general? Yeah, just to you. I mean, if you okay. want, sounds like you want Michael Thomas. No, I'm just – I'm still lamenting over my trade with uh, with – Jacob and Jay giving up carry on Johnson. I'm still kicking myself over that one. What was that carry on Johnson? And I gave up, uh, it was basically his player for player. I think it was carry on Johnson for, uh, Greg oh, or George Kittle. 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 Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I cause I, I at that time I thought that OJ Howard was going to be out for like five, six weeks and ended up being one week in a bye. So right. th- don't really need two tight ends right now, but, uh, those were the two trades. Good trade. Good old trades. Yeah, we will see. I hope there's some more trades. We have like what, like two, one more week of NFL trades, two more weeks of fantasy trades. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. All right, Zach. Before we uh, get to talk about trades again, we're gonna make some picks here. 
picks of the week for week eight. Picks of the week. Strong side, number four right now against Jordan Iwan is in Isaiah 40-31, sitting at 13th place. Zach, I don't have a name for this matchup, but I do have a pick, and it's strong side. And I'll tell you, so Jordan, he's got a rough bye week situation right now, and, and combine that with, with injuries on his team. He's starting Tampa Bay's backup tight end, Cameron Brait. Bilal Powell, who's on IR, is still in a starting lineup. I know he's probably going to change that. Hopefully he does at least. Um, he was just moved to IR, like I mentioned. And then Allen Robinson, receiver for the Bears, looks like he's going to miss some time with a groin injury. So I don't like this one at all for Jordan. So I'm going to give this one to Matt and John. Yeah, I'm definitely giving it to Matt and John. Jordan's got some moves to make, um, putting people in his starting lineup and stuff. We'll see what Jay, uh, Jordy Nelson has, you know, after the big trade with Oakland. But um, anyway, Chad, yeah, Matt and John. IDP still sucked number 12 shocker there for a lot of people versus big orange bullies number seven Zach who wins this one uh, I'm going to give it to IDPs on this one hopefully they get a get a win and pretty much what I said last year you know I like carry on and then Gronk's coming back um, so I'm going to give it to them I want to pick Chase I really do but I'm going to pick J&J I know that they're actually uh, probably not the favorite this week uh, but they have lost two straight. I think they get it back on track this week, though. You know, Antonio Brown is back, and he's playing against the Browns. Taylor Gabriel will more than likely receive the increased snaps, you know, with Allen Robinson expected to be out, like I mentioned before. And, like, again, I'm still kicking myself over the carry-on Johnson trade. So I like J&J in this one. All right. Greg Coe, number 11, versus East Coast Wombats, sitting there at third place. Zach, I'm picking ECW in this one. It's, it's a rough bye week for Ross and Reed with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley out, but I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, making my bold prediction right now, Will Fuller hasn't scored a touchdown since week four, but he will find the end zone again this week as uh, the Texans take on the Dolphins in that Brock Osweiler revenge game. Okay, all right. Bold, bold prediction, Will Fuller touchdown. All right. Um, Greco is going to win this. Um, East Coast, I don't let me look at their bench. What is he? They need some safety help. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is there. Uh, Fred Warner for Greg. Um, he's going to get 13 tackles, at least, at least 13 tackles this week and be Greg's best IDP. Wow, That's- that was uh, that was the first IDP. Bold prediction, I, I got to say. At least 13. And that's what's going to just win it for Greg. That's going to be it, Greco. So just the uh, the bold prediction, you want to make this a lock as well? Yeah, I'll lock it. Greg's going to beat ECW. <laughs> Greg, if he's listening right now, he probably just threw his hands up thinking that I've jinxed him. So I'm sorry, Greg. Did but, you do something bad to Greg this week? Is this, like, this sounds like you're trying to like make up for something. No, I'm not. I'm, I haven't seen – No, well, I did see him, but uh, – I haven't done anything bad. All right. Next matchup, Almond Brothers 14th versus West Coast Wombats number five. Zach, I'm picking the Almond Brothers. It's my lock of the week. I know they're in last place. And I just slammed on my mouse, but I'm picking the Almond Brothers, my lock of the week. You are pumped. Brady and Edelman, they don't have a fantasy favorable matchup with the Bills. You know, on paper, the Bills have been pretty good as far as, like, defensive ranks and um, – you know, how they, how they square off against quarterbacks and receivers. But I think they break the trend on Monday Night Football this week, the Patriots do. And Danny Amendola, he's going to see a ton of targets this week. Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson are both out. 
And Devontae Parker is like, I don't know, I don't even know to compare him to. He's like the new Rashard Matthews in terms of just being upset with his numbers and things like that. He wants to get traded, wants to get released. So it's going to be a big week for Danny Amendola and a big week for the Almond Brothers, my lock of the week. I like it. I like that. Um, if they can, if, if West Coast can get the safety spot figured out here, you know, obviously they will. Um, Funches has been hot. Kamara, I don't know, man, going up against Minnesota. Whoo. Uh, I'll give it to West Coast. All right, going to West Coast. Next matchup here. This is my matchup. Your worst nightmare, number nine, versus pacing your face, number 10. Uh, I'm picking myself, obviously, Zach, because I, I like my team. And, Zach, I have a bit of breaking news. Okay, what is it? So, you should have just received a notification. Let me know when it comes through, Zach. This is great radio. Has it, has it come through yet? Okay, I've got it. I've got it. There's been a trade. All right, initial reaction, because I think this is the first time we've done this on a podcast. Is it like, is it like, okay, it's, it's obviously a little bit more exciting than my trade with, uh, with Suggs from earlier. I mean, it's not peanuts for peanuts. We both have a little bit to lose here. Well, he just picked up Spencer Ware this morning and traded him to you. I'm pretty sure that was like on Jake's list of things not to do. And Casey. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically this comes down to Sony Michelle versus Tevin Coleman. Correct. And to me, the, the, the big gamble is obviously, you know, Michelle's injury being worse than it actually is or is believed to be. And then giving up Sanu is kind of a, a cut to my receiver depth. But I needed a better quarterback than Case Keenum, and I liked uh, Baker's upside. That's kind of my decision to make that trade. Okay. You, you don't hate it? I mean, I don't I – lo- I love trades. I mean, it's, it's whatever. I don't know. I was expecting a bigger reaction out of you from the first trade ever announced on the podcast live. Oh. No, I, I like it. I like it. Um, no, I, I'm, I love it. We should have more trades on the podcast. This is good. I don't know if this affects uh, your decision to pick me or not this week, but uh, if it does at all, let me know. Zach, who wins with pace in your face, squaring off with Kevin? Well, that puts you with Kareem Hunt and then Alex Collins, Kittle. So, like, you're starting, you're start, you're starting Baker Mayfield. Instead of Keenum. That's the only real change this week. Got it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Jake just drop Keenum here in, in maybe a couple. Oh, he's definitely dropping him. Okay. I don't know. Who you got? Yourself? Yeah, of course. To, to be decided. To be determined. All right. That was great. Next, <laughs> next matchup here. Zach, this is the matchup of the week. This is last week's uh, West Coast, East Coast Wombats rivalry. This is the original rivalry. This is Kemp's crew who's sitting in first place against H&F Industries, who is in eighth place. This is Michael Jordan versus Sean Kemp. This is the old guard. Um, Zach, this is probably my favorite rivalry. I know Ross and Reed and Matt and Courtney, that's kind of that's, that's a new thing. It's, it's the hot and fresh and new rivalry, but I, I still like some Jake and Robin Zach. You like it? Yeah, I mean, it, it just it dates back a couple of years for me at least. And I know it dates back – a couple decades probably for you and Jake. 
but I'm picking H&F this week, Zach. You're picking us. Whoa. And I picked you last week, uh, and I know you weren't too thrilled about that because you think I'm like a curse on H&F, but I'll just – too many positives in a row. Too many positives. In a row. Well, here's why I'm picking H&F. Jake's trade that he made with me just just now, just now within the last you know two minutes doesn't help him at all this week with uh, Tevin Coleman and Mohamed Sanu on bye, and Sony Michelle will likely be out anyway, so doesn't really affect his his matchup. But you know, you guys get Jameis Winston against the fifth worst fantasy defense in the Cincinnati Bengals. I just think it's it's a big win for uh, H&F. Well, I mean, I see that he's starting some the cannon guy from the Jets, but let's be real. Um, Darius Leonard is Jake's running back, so um, he could put him in the running back spot and be okay. I- I'm picking Jake. I'm picking Jake. All right, last matchup here. We've already determined that they don't. This team does not have uh, a rivalry per se. And the team they're playing this week, I think every other team is a rivalry to this person. At least he, that's kind of how he views it. Every man against this person. But uh, this next one, this is our call of the week. It's time for the call of the week. Joining us again on the CMB fantasy football league podcast, their first joint interview probably ever, right? I think this is the first time they've joined us together. Jeff and Rob Gaw of Tecmo power runners guys. How are you doing? Hey, hey, how are you, Jordan? Do we have Jeff as well? Good, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey! It's actually it's Ray Allen. You got to get it right. It's uh, <laughs> it's Ray Allen. That's it's not Rob Gall. So, Par- pardon me. Wel- welcoming on Ray Allen and Raphael for a call. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I wouldn't forget. Hey, guys! First time you've been on since the season started. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Maybe I know it's been a few weeks now, but uh, David Johnson, your fourth overall pick, I guess would have been the fourth overall pick in the draft, round one. What went into the decision to take David Johnson? Did you guys just kind of pick the best player available there? Well, we really wanted number five. Uh, we'll go for Alvin tomorrow. But uh, with the late, late break and trade that happened with the draft order, you know, uh, we, we had the backup plan for David Johnson. We figured that was safe. We like to get a guy that's going to average 15 to 20 as a running back. Um, even if the team wasn't too good, we were hoping for some garbage points. But it's just been garbage without the point. Rob, would you say you and Jeff were both on board and picking David Johnson? <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, like I said, we were hoping to get Alton Kamara. Uh, but when when he uh, got taken out before, we, we had already decided to take uh, David Johnson, if he if he had went, and we thought if Johnson went, we'd uh, get Kamara. But yeah, that's how it ended up. Yeah, David Johnson, he is the twelfth ranked running back right now in CMB. He's actually the third ranked running back on your team. So, would you guys say that it's been a disappointing season so far for David Johnson? Would you paint it that way? Yeah, you figure if you got to get the year off to rest up and get healthy, that uh, you know feature back. You expect some Todd Gurley numbers, some Ezekiel Elliott, but you know, with three running backs in the top twelve right now, we can't complain too much. Yeah, you can't complain with those running backs. And one of those that I mentioned was James White. You guys picked him with the sixth pick in the tenth round. Um, he right now is the sixth ranked running back in CMB. He has the most passing targets and the most receiving touchdowns for a running back. 
So, uh, Rob, I'll ask you this one. James White, has he been a, a complete surprise, or did you guys kind of know what you, what you saw in the Patriots running back? Well, uh, it's been a little bit of a surprise. His uh, over 20-point outings, uh, he's always been a consistent uh, PPR guy. So we we knew he'd get uh, lots of catches and targets. But uh, it, it has been surprising the, the real high point totals. He's usually not a big touchdown guy, so he's gotten, uh, gotten more touchdowns than usual. Rob, I will say this too. Only two Cleveland Browns selected by Tecmo Power Runners, David Njoku and the Cleveland Browns uh, defense and special teams. What's What was the decision there? I, I, I was expecting a lot more Browns this year out of you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say I've, I've never had more than a couple at a time. But, uh, but yeah, they, they've definitely been exciting to watch this year. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, we were kind of hoping to get Njoku. We kind of uh, we kind of save uh, save that draft pick for later on. We knew he'd probably fall uh, fall good ways, but but yeah, it's definitely been fun watching this year, and already got a couple wins. Hey, Jeff, did you guys pour one out maybe for uh, for Josh Gordon when he was traded to the Patriots, or was it just time to move on? What were your thoughts on the trade? Uh, the trade the Browns made or the one that H&F made? Uh, either one. Uh, let's talk about the Browns and Patriots first. <laughs> yeah, I think the Patriots trade for players and teams that they're going to face just so they know their plays. Learn the signals, things like that. They're just looking for the intel. And then the H&F trade? Uh, it's just the past glory. You know, Josh Gordon, the 14 games led, led the league. It's just hard to forget stuff like that, but I forgot it. Looking at Tecmo's current roster, I, I have a question that I, I don't think I've asked anybody else this yet, but I thought it was particularly interesting with you guys. If we were to ever implement a keeper system in CMB, who on Tecmo's current roster, who would you guys make as your keeper for life? Which player right now? Oh, yes, Tyreek Hill. No, no question. Fastest player in the league. <laughs> is he your favorite fantasy player that you guys probably have ever had? Where does he rank up there? Probably so, in recent memory, anyways. Yeah, I'd say we've got to be here at the top. What about DeQuell Jackson, Rob? Oh, DeQuell. Hey. Yeah, those, were the, those were the days. We can't we can't forget the year Rob had uh, Devin Hester either. So that took him to the title. Oh yeah, led led me to the title. Yep, he, he got hot. I remember very well. <laughs> I feel like this next question is for Jeff, but I want to know who turned down my my multiple requests for trade requests for Andy Dalton. I just you know I I feel like I threw it out there. It got shut down. I tried again. Tried again. Uh, I just want to know who was shutting those trades down, and maybe can we reopen those conversations? Yeah, that was that was sad. Those uh, those guys would have been immediately dropped from my roster. Yeah, I figured. You mean kind of like what Suggs did? Yeah, it reminds me of that Eli Manning and Chase Keenum. This uh, this could be some retro collusion going on here. No, those were that for us. Those were those were peanuts for peanuts. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Um, guys, you guys, you guys have a matchup this week with Rish, and there's no bigger trash talker. This is like the biggest trash talker versus the uh, I don't even know what to call you guys. There's no trash talk at all from from Rob and Jeff. That's kind of your your mo. But what uh, what's the matchup with with Rish this week? Do you guys like uh, taking those chances? Yeah, we like our lineup right now. We usually do pretty well during the bye week. But uh, Rich's thing has come on the past couple of years. He's taking it a little more seriously, I think, and the uh, results are showing that. With a lot of the teams um, at 5-2 and two right now, uh, the point total is almost more important than the win-loss. So we'd be happy with 200 points this week. All right, and Rob, I just mentioned it earlier with Rish. Do you guys have – would you say that you and Jeff have a rivalry in CMB? Is there anybody that, you know, you look forward to seeing them on the, on the lineup, on the schedule every season? Is there any rival for Tecmo this year? Yeah, uh, it's funny. We were talking about that uh, the other night when we were listening to last week's uh, podcast uh, when y'all were talking about uh, the – the Wombat rivalry game, we couldn't uh, we couldn't really think of one, and we we couldn't hardly think of uh, much rivalries for any any of the other teams either. So, so basically, we should just give up on that topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> noted. Yes, uh, well, Zach. I just I just can't I just can't remember too many. <laughs> Zach, anything before we part ways? Um, do you guys? Have anybody that you're wanting to trade? Anything on the trade block? Anything you're looking for help with? All players are available for trade, including players. In, no in, players. No players are available for trade. Oh, oh no man. players! No players. Okay. Even your backup quarterback? Off the table. All right. Hey guys, thanks for coming back on. Really enjoy talking with you guys every year, and best of luck this week against Rish. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, Zach, I was a little stunned by that uh, by that call with Jeff and Rob. What what stunned you? I don't know, man. I just I I actually hadn't. We we never talked during the whole like Andy Dalton trade attempts. I just I sent them two requests. They got shot down, and I just kind of moved on and took my losses. So, so, were there any like messages between you guys? Any like communication or? No, no, it was just, you know, I, I, I needed a quarterback badly. I was like, they're never going to play Andy Dalton. Cam Newton's already had his bye week. So, you know, I sent him two offers. They were sw- – I, I appreciated the promptness. They swiftly rejected them, uh, yes. both offers. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was pretty much it. I, I, I kind of got the message. Like, I just – it was coincidence that they came on this week. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, so this was recent. Yeah, this was like last week. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and pick their matchup. Right. Uh, Zach, who do you have in this one? Well, I am. Uh, I'm pulling it up right here, but I mean they're on such a roll right now. You've got to give it to Tecmo. Yeah. Um, their team just pretty solid looking around, considering their first overall pick was David Johnson, and then how they drafted the rest of the way. Um, their team. Their team's just looking good right now. So I'm going to give it to them. For the first five weeks, I picked Rish, and I, I didn't pick against him. And I, you know, he's he's had a rough go of it here recently, and and I'm gonna say it continues this week. I'm also gonna pick Tecmo as much as I want to pick Rish. Tyree Kill is just unstoppable, and you know Juju Smith-Schuster he gets the Browns this week, and after you know starting the season with four, six, and five point weeks, David Njoku he's picked up things. He's had ten you know, 12.9, 19.75, and 15.2 weeks. So David Njoku is finding some rhythm right now with Baker Mayfield, and I think it helps Tecmo. I think they win this week. Yep. 
All right, Zach, those are all the matchups of the week. I'll be interested to see what happens with our locks and bold predictions as, uh, yeah, mine have been pretty off here recently. So we'll see what happens there. Sounds good. All right, volunteer voicemail. I know I, at this point I just have to do it every time. It's kind of like a checking the box kind of thing. But if you'd like to call in, leave us a voicemail. It doesn't have to be long. doesn't have to be anything super elaborate. You don't have to even scream like Ross does when he comes on the podcast. But if you'd like to leave something, the number again, 931-292-4848. That's 931-292-4848. Zach, I'm going to say lock of the week. No one leaves a voicemail. Man, I hope it would change. That would that would be fun to listen to and play. So, I mean, just call, give a shout out to one of your players that that maybe uh, did well or did horrible for your team. Just something like that would be fun. Yeah, and like I would probably, if I weren't hosting this podcast, humble brag, I would probably call in and leave a voicemail. But it'd be weird if I did it on top of doing this this show. That's just too much me and it's too much Zach. Yep. Yep. All right, Zach. Let's move on. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Zach, what do you got for me? Uh, the only tweet I got, and this was one I, I probably should have used last week, but did you see the tweet of the guy that had the tighten up flag? Yes. Just kept messing up over and over and over. Like, so embarrassing. Like five times in a row. That's my tweet of the week, if you guys haven't seen that. Um, it's, it's just hilarious. This guy, they just kind of pan on him, and he just keeps messing up with a flag. So. And what's terrible about that is I've had people that have like like sent me that right. They've like tw- they've sent that to me over Twitter or at work. People who don't even like football they see that Titans logo and they send it to me like instantly. And yeah, a little embarrassing for sure. Uh, my tweet of the week and to give a little context. So uh, Marcus Mariota in London gave up one of his uh, one of the more like insane streaks over the last three four years of the NFL. I'll say that unbiased, but. Marcus Mariota basically had thrown 44 touchdowns in the red zone with zero picks. And that streak came to an end against the Chargers in London this past week. And my tweet of the week was Andrew Siciliano on Twitter for the NFL Network. He says, Marcus Mariota has still never thrown a red zone interception on the red zone channel. So Siciliano, you know, hosts the red zone channel, I think for DirecTV. And uh, I thought that was pretty good because red zone doesn't start till what, like 11.55? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. So, in the mo- <laughs> the game was at eight thirty in the morning, Ooh. and uh, I didn't think it was possible to be disappointed by the Titans before nine a.m. But it was possible. Yeah, yep. made <laughs> made possible by a seventy-five yard Tyrell Williams touchdown on the Chargers' first play. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Uh, Zach, we talked with Rob and Jeff. We did our picks of the week with some locks, uh, a lot of trades, a lot of injuries. Uh, trade deadline in the NFL next week and trade deadline in our leagues in a couple of weeks. So we have plenty to talk about. Great episode, Zach. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. That's a W. That's E1.